All week long, we are talking about controlling me, controlling ourselves. And not in a way that we hold ourselves back controlling, although maybe that's how this works out. I think more in a sense of how are we, why do we do what we do? And yesterday we talked a little bit about our knowledge and how that directs a lot of what we do. Today, we're gonna have a conversation around our experience and how my experience does in fact control me to some certain degree. All of that and more coming up on episode 941 of today's antidote. Stay tuned for today's antidote brought to you by the Renegade Success Network. Today's antidote provides an opportunity for business owners and leaders to discover what is real for them and to be impacted by what is real for others. That is the Renegade way. Let's get real. We all face challenges and get stuck occasionally and are looking for an antidote. Each weekday, this show dives into a topic that may have you stuck, frustrated, and uncertain. Our goal is to share our value in an effort to help you find that one thing, the antidote to your challenges so that you can get results and make more money. And now, Renegades, we bring you Bob Graham and Tom Brush. Hey, hey, Tom. Good morning, Bob. How are you today? I'm good. I thought for a second we, we had the wrong episode number, but it looks like I was, you're right. Uh, I apologize. I was thinking that we missed 940, but it's right there. That was yesterday. There you go. Okay. So that's good. Uh, how's it going? I am well, thanks. I'm looking forward to our conversation today. It was interesting. I was thinking about that whole idea of controlling. And, you know, I think sometimes that that's not always seen in a light that people want to even contemplate or consider that they are being controlled. And yet, when we think about it as what's real for us, our knowledge, experience, and our perspective, that drives everything that we do. And, or at least helps us make decisions about what we are going to say or do or think. Or, or not so, say or do. Or not say or do. And so in some regards, what's real for us does typically control a lot of what we do. Now there are outside factors that impact it all the time and which might have you not always going off of your knowledge, experience or perspective because of some outside force. Um, or maybe it's an inside force that you chose to indulge in. Steven, Steven's with us this morning. Good morning, Steven. He says, good morning to us. And he says, uh, controlled anger is a useful skill many don't talk about. So there's an example of controlled anger, right? Uh, I, I've used that a number of times when dealing with challenging customer service situations where I might appear to be angry and it's in control and then I take care of that situation, walk outside, and people there with me think I'm angry. I'm like, okay, let's go get dinner. Well, I think that's when sometimes you create that illusion of anger or the perception of anger in an effort based on typically when you've seen that have effect on others or on a situation and think that it might be of value at this point. So often it's a, we are. It's drawing. a calculation. Right. It's a calculation and you're drawing on what you what's real for you, you know, which is all of your knowledge, experience and perspective. And if you have 
seen a certain situation or a similar situation where that had an effect on what was happening. What's controlling you is that's what you know. This is, and so now this, you use that, leverage that knowledge, that experience in this situation in hopes that you would get similar results, which I, we can't always control. I think where this can sometimes uh, cause us trouble is we don't realize the control that our experience has over us. So I do some marketing work. And when I'm doing marketing work, often my clients are very narrow in their, what they think that they are, who they're trying to serve. And so it's like, well, we're, we're, it, this is early in an organization's life. You know, let's say a startup or a company that's going through a big change, new product. It's like, okay, who do you think this could serve? Everyone. Okay, well, my experience is if it's everyone, it's no one. And then they, they might segment to a really tiny group. It's like, well, what about this? And we're limited by our experience. We, you know, we, we know the marketing that we know. I know that certain people, you know, uh, What's an example? Oh, most of the people that I've come across in my, that I know, wear lipstick that would be a shade of red. So in my mind, if I see black lipstick, that's an outlier. Now black, and I'm just, it just popped into my head. I'm not saying anything good or bad about lipstick colors at all. Here it is, Halloween, where black lipstick would probably not be unusual to see around places. But in my mind, I have a preconceived notion that lipstick should be a shade of red. So if I say, if someone comes to me and says, hey, I want to sell lipstick, I'm going to say, well, yeah, I'm sure it's a shade of red. No, actually, it's blue. What? Come on. I, I, can't, I can't reconcile that in my mind. And so that that experience of mine that lipstick should be red controls me as I look at the world. And if I'm not looking at that and having a feedback loop somewhere that says, hey, Bob, you know what? Lipstick could be any color under the rainbow. You, you, you think it needs to be red because that's the world you've been in. But I hate to tell you, there's brown, there's black, there's purple, there's blue, there's green. I have no idea all the lipstick colors. I, can't even begin to tell you. But what I think I struggle with is, and I think we all do, is if I believe that red lipstick is the only color of lipstick, unless I have an outside force that's going to tell me somewhere along the way, hey, Bob, you know what? There are other colors. I'm going to be limited by my experience. And that can often be what bamboozles me or causes me to make incomplete decisions. Well, that goes back to the sense that if you believe your knowledge, experience, knowledge, experience and perspective is right. And everyone else's is wrong. That will lead you to making some of those decisions as you only know that it's red lipsticks. And anything else would be an outlier and weird or whatever. And so that perspective uh, and knowledge and experience of being right limits your ability to see what else might be out there that could be real for someone else. Again, why I like the differentiation between what is right, why I don't like that, and I like using the word what's real, because it's different for each of us. And I think one of the challenges that have 
we find is that <clears throat> when we're running a business or we're leading our groups, all we know is what's real for us based on our knowledge, experience, and perspective. And so sometimes we can't see some of the other perspectives, some of the other things that are out there. And so we're limited in what we are able and thus willing to consider as we try to grow in what's moving forward. And I think that's one of the things that we wanna talk about um, as people start to look at what are we gonna do in 2024 and how are we going to not be controlled but only by our knowledge, experience, and perspective is that there might be other knowledge, experience, and perspective out there that we could consider that would allow us to expand what we're doing and be less controlled, limited by, for all of us, a limited knowledge, experience, perspective based on the knowledge, experience, and perspective of the world. So if that's something that you're struggling with, is you feel like you're a little bit limited in what you're able to do with your business or in your leadership role you're you know you can't quite figure out how what's real for your team members isn't real for you and so you're struggling with how to manage them this workshop that we're going to do on december 5th 2023 at noon uh, we're going to sculpt a healthier business or leadership role for 2024 so we're going to work through a process to help you not only see what are the current, what's currently real for you, and also try to understand what might be real for others that could uh, be beneficial for you to impact what's what you're doing so that you can look at your business, your world, your team a little differently. So if you look more information about that, just reach out to Bob Rye, direct message us. We'll have uh, some registration links available soon. Um, we wanted to make sure we got the date out there. You save that date, December 5th. 2023 at noon Eastern. Tom, there's another facet to this, I think, also, and that is often we think of our experience as universal. That, That's right. I, that, that red lipstick, hey, red lipstick is the only lipstick that's available out there. And then suddenly someone says, hey, you know what? I like black lipstick. You're like, whoa. That doesn't work. It doesn't compute with my knowledge, my experience. Therefore, I either go, nope, can't be any other color. It's only going to be red lipstick. Or you're wrong. I or you're wrong. Or my head explodes with, whoa, if there's red and there's black lipstick, what if there's blue? What if there's green? And then I get paralyzed by the possibilities that have been opened up to me. Sure. Each of those can be powerful deterrents to achieving what you're trying to get to because they, they take a lot of brain power and it's hard to reconcile on your own because it shifts the whole paradigm. Well, and you don't know how to, how to incorporate that into what's real for you. Sometimes challenging, right? You've only known this. You've only experienced this and now you're starting to experience something else. And now you're trying to figure out what and what I think sometimes unfortunately happens is all those things, especially if you think that what is real for you is what is right. Then it becomes very difficult because now everything that you thought was right. Is turned upside down because you have discovered other things that were going on. It's like anytime you get a new piece of information, it's something that you didn't know. You were telling me earlier about you were talking to somebody about how many small businesses there were. Yeah. 
And when they heard the number, they were clearly like, well, that that's crazy. I can't even fathom that. Right. And based on that, what what's real for them now is very different than what was real for them yes. the moment before you told them that. And I yeah. think that's part of the challenge is then how do we not let what's real for us, our knowledge, experience and perspective, keep us from being open to that there is other knowledge, experience and perspective out there that could be of real value if we were willing to see it as a way as, as an opportunity to impact who and what we are. I was thinking while you're talking of a really great example, which is astronomy. Remember probably 10, 20 years ago when they said to us, hey, bad news for all you people that learned about the nine planets. It's really only eight. That whole Pluto thing, we were just kidding. It's not really a plant, planet. And then the other thing that we start to see with the Hubble telescope and the Webb telescope is these galaxies and these all, all these things that when I was a kid, that it was like, you know, there's the solar system and everything spins around the sun and that's it. There's no more. And now we know that there are all kinds of these, you know, ecosystems out in space that, that are very similar to what we thought was the only one. And I struggle to reconcile that in my head. I really do because there's so, first of all, I can't see it. I can see evidence of it, but I can't see it for myself. And second of all, if Pluto's not a planet, what else might be wrong? And I think that's one of the things that happens when we, when something goes against what we thought and it's something so foundational, it's really hard to recover from that because it starts us questioning everything. So now it's not just my experience around the planets and what I learned to be nine planets, really, it's just eight. But, well, if there if are eight planets, you know, is there a solar system? You know, are they really going around the sun? You start to question everything, and that can be paralyzing, too. Well, here's the thing, I think. And I think what why a change in your mind shift can really help you avoid some of those paralyzing moments is not that that's right. That's just what's real in the moment. Mm -hmm. until we discover something new. And my belief is that there are a lot of things being discovered all the time that goes against conventional wisdom or conventional, this is what is right. And, and I think that the more we think things are right, the more we're going to struggle. Because the more when, it, when that isn't as right as we thought it was, even a little bit, we're like, oh boy, now what? And you go back to that is everything that I've learned about astronomy or everything I've learned about business or everything I've learned about the way that I do things now wrong. And so we're on the other side of it. Before we thought, well, we had it all. Now we realize that maybe we don't have any of it. And it becomes very challenging, I think, to wrap your heads around the wrap your head around the fact that what you thought was right is not necessarily factual. Uh, Steven's got probably one of the best comments ever. Use the bamboozle word more. <laughs> yeah, I heard that and I was like, that's an interesting word choice. Well, and, and I was thinking about when we talk about getting things right, that just a person popped into my head and he's been popular because of the musical and that's Alexander Hamilton. 
And throughout that, he's constantly writing over and over and over, trying to get this, trying to figure out what the country should be, how it should be formed. And his wife, I believe this, says to him, you know, all you're ever doing is writing. I'm paraphrasing. I'm not getting the words to a song. But all you're ever doing is writing, 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 and trying and trying and trying to find what makes sense. And he's literally recasting it every time. So his experience, he's coloring everything he does with this new experience and then trying to make sense of it. And then he's doing it again and again and again. It's that iterative process that can be tough. You know, I've taught a lot of students writing and you have the students who are like, yeah, I wrote 10 drafts of this. Can, can you look at my 10th draft? Then you have the student who writes it the night before it's due, first draft, and it's full of errors and it's not well organized. And well, you know, I wrote it last night. They didn't give it the experience that needed to be able to reach the point that it needed to be, to be something that could be useful in the discourse. Yes. Because they had limited experience, their experience was from midnight to 4 a.m. when they thought about it versus the person who wrote 10 drafts and thought about it probably day and night for weeks. And sure. there's a big difference in the output. The person who's thought about it for weeks often has a more refined sensibility around the topic than the person who writes it in four hours right before it's due. Sometimes. I think a lot of that also is based on you know, what's real for you and your knowledge experience in the past. If you have more understanding or grasp of the topic, you potentially could, could. In, a, in a night, you could sit down and formulate a paper in that in that instance that was um, more impactful than somebody who had thought about it and thought about it and wrote it and rewrote it. And, and again, I think it goes back to what is your knowledge, experience and perspective around whatever the topic is mm-hmm. you're writing about. Like, again, if there was something, if I was writing about lacrosse officiating and you were writing about it as well, you would, I could probably in some regards sit down in one sitting and write a first draft that would be a lot closer to what I would submit than you likely could. Depending on what the topic was. I said lacrosse officiating. No, within that though. Because there could be a topic in that, for instance, if uh, women's and girls lacrosse officiating is like teaching a college course. True. Fair. I could. That would be a topic I know a lot about. I could write. I could make that parallel very easily. That would be. That would be more of a struggle, I think, for you because your experience isn't around that. But if it was how to manage uh, women's official. women's and girls lacrosse official career with a small business, you would be able to nail that right away because that's your experience. Correct. And I think that's always the, that's why I think there's no quote unquote right way to W write a a paper like that. It's all based on what do you know? (laughs) That was really good. It's all based on your knowledge, your experience and perspective, which is going to, control a little bit of what are you going to need to create the output that you desire. Someone may have much more of that ingrained in what's real for them than someone else. 
and and so they don't need the multiple times of writing and rewriting um even though I, I know that can always be helpful uh so i think that that's the challenge right is that our that trying to not believe that there is only one way and that it's only in your experience is all that you need to then do whatever it is you're going to do and that if you because if you allow that to happen and you can if that controls you is that i have all the knowledge experience and perspective i need and today experience you know in some ways that was my statement is i felt like i had all of the experience in lacrosse officiating that i could make that statement that i could probably write that more effectively and then you turned around and showed me another way in which i might not have had all that i needed to be able to formulate what it was i was trying to accomplish and i think that can sometimes be the issue like i know you don't like to use the word expert true you know if, if that comes up if someone calls you an expert that's fine but you will not call yourself an expert and in girls and women's lacrosse I would consider you an expert in a lot of ways. However, I found a way for it to be something outside of your frame of reference. And I think that's what happens to us in businesses and in leaders. We think we know something, then someone layers on something else and it changes. And in our fast moving world, what you think you may understand about technology, about teams, about dealing with millennials, dealing with millennial uh, with uh, Gen the next generation, the alpha generation, all those things. Yeah, there's an alpha generation. There's an alpha generation? Yeah, so we have millennials, which would be Gen Y. Gen X would be you and me. Then Gen, then Gen Y are millennials. Then we have Gen Z. And now we have the next generation, which is Generation Alpha. Because we ran out of letters. Now we're going to go to Greek letters. <laughs> sort of like hurricanes. And tornadoes, you know, or Fair hurricanes, enough. you know, we give them names and yeah. Okay. I guess that well, means uh, Generation Beta is about 20 years out. Well, and I, I think it's interesting, you know, when you were talking about that is the whole idea of being an expert. Um, is I think that when we know people who we see as experts, they know a lot more about the whatever the thing is that they would be considered an expert on than we do. And so while we see them as an expert, they might, in this would be my situation, I would say I know other people who are much more of an expert than I am. And, and so that's why it's, I think it's helpful for me to think that way. My thought is that once I feel like I'm an expert, what do I need to learn? And so I, now I know everything that's right. And why do I need to spend any time learning anymore since I feel like I have all the, all the information, all the answers, because um, I'm the expert. And, and I there's always more to learn. Always more to learn. And no matter what the situation, and I think that's the interesting thing is that our experience does control a lot of what we do. And if we choose not to expand our experience, we're going to be stuck in the same pathway with doing the same things 
forever because that's controlling what we do and how we act. There's nothing new that's going to impact that to, to have us act differently. Is that your one thing? I think so. Okay. Mine is that when we talk about our experience and it controlling us, it can either limit us or provide us with opportunities. It limits us in the sense that, oh, it's my way or the highway. I know everything. I'm an expert. This is right. Or it can provide opportunities in the sense that, okay, I know my experience. I know about red lipstick. Wow, someone's got black lipstick on today. That's kind of interesting. Huh. Oh, if there's red and black, maybe there's purple. Maybe there's gray. Maybe there are all these colors I never thought about. And thinking about that possibility opens doors. Sure. And I think that's one of the things when, when you were talking about that uh, program we're doing on December 5th at noon Eastern time, it's an opportunity to explore those ideas and to get out of our comfort zone of what we know, what our experience is, where our perspective is, and start to look at other opportunities there in a way that doesn't feel confrontational, doesn't make us feel unintelligent, uninspired, because it's very easy to be like, oh, I don't know anything about this topic. I'm not even going to take it on. We found a way to really enhance how you look at those things and walk away with a sense of, oh, the possibilities that that creates. And I think that's the exciting part to me. When we've done it in the past with, for me, it's sort of like, oh, wow. I thought that was a limiting factor, but now it's really an opportunity. Thank you. Well, I think that's part of it is that you, um, I think so often we don't, it's not that we're thinking about what else could we provide? Could it, could we, could we open up? It's just the fact that we're stuck yep. and we're stuck in this belief that I should know everything I need to know to be a leader, to run a business. I, it's my business. Why wouldn't I know that I'm the leader? I was hired because I have an expertise. And, you know, the, I think when we stop and, and that gets us stuck when we something pops up that we don't know what to deal with or how to deal with. And I think it's an opportunity to say, maybe there are other things out there that I could gain that could be really valuable and have an impact on what's real for me so that I can now start to deal with other people or other things that have different knowledge, experience, and perspective. I think that's the challenge, right? Is that you take, and that's one of the things that one of the reasons I think it's hard to manage people is that our knowledge, experience, and perspectives are different. And so what might be control, controlling the way we act is also con that same for them is controlling the way they act. And since they're not the same, it's going to be very hard to get on the same page because we can't, we can't even imagine or have any clue of what is their knowledge, experience, and perspective that is controlling the way they act. Unless we take the time and figure out how to dive into that, to differently understand it. So then we can say, huh, interesting. Well, be based on their experiences because of where they grew up or what they did or, or how people shared thoughts and ideas with them. Or where they've worked in the past. Or where they worked in the past. Or what is, college program they went to, or high school, or this you know, is the best friend of their follow. kid in sixth grade. Who knows? Right. And that's the process they follow, not the process that we have, for us, has been tried and true. 
And now we're trying to get them to change, which, as we said before, it's new knowledge, experience, and perspective for them that makes it challenging sometimes to go against what we know and what has been real for us. Um, as Stephen says, uh, my new boss sounds like Stephen found a job if he has a new boss, right? Yeah. Congratulations, Stephen. My new boss shared his resume first thing. That's and I an think interesting that's way to start that discussion towards different experience, right? It's a start towards it, yes. Although I think your resume is just one piece of that puzzle. Because even within that resume, you have different organizations that you were with that had different ways of acting, of thinking, of what their perspective was, the what the, the way they looked at things. And, you know, I think it's it's an important thing. And one of the things I shared with someone one time was, you know, go ask your employees. You Like the resume is one thing. Okay, now I know a little bit about what they've done. Now what I'd like to know is how do they act or how do they react? How do they like to get feedback? When do they like to get feedback? How, what are the things that motivate and drive them as opposed to what motivates and drives others? Now you're starting to get into what's real for them. You know, how do they think about start times? Some organizations is very fluid. You show up when you show up. Others is like, you've got to be there at eight o'clock on the spot. And you're being evaluated based on your promptness. And if you're not clear around what that is, or people aren't clear and someone has a different walks in with a different perspective, you know, think about you or I going, trying to go back to work. Oh, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Rephrase that. I work every day. Okay. Think about if you went to work. But, but that's a really interesting thing. Based on experience, I know there are people that would hear that and say to me, hey, you know, Tom said it. You don't really work what with what you're doing now. Yes, although, because their experience is being a small business owner. You don't, you know, you do whatever you want, whatever you want. You have no rules. Money just flows in. You can claim it as a work expense. Everything's perfect. You know, I, there are the people that believe that, no doubt. And, and I think when and I, you uh, fell into the trap by saying going back to work, what you meant to say, I believe, was. Going back to a full-time job working for someone else. In an office, yes, correct. Yeah, okay. Well, I work in an office. It's my second bedroom, but it's an office. I mean, there are four walls. Come on. In your house. In the penthouse. Oh, I'm sorry. With a lovely view. I got to tell you, the trees are really pretty right now. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I think that that's, and that's part of it, right? Is that we all, our knowledge, experience, and perspective on that is something... I don't, I, you know, so going to work for someone else in their space, we've, we've built this, um, what's real for us now is very different and going to do that. I would think that whoever would be managing us or others like us, it would take a while for them to understand what's real for us based on our knowledge, experience and perspective. Cause it's not going to, it would not be like someone who they hired from another company right? that did similar work in similar ways, um, it, it would be a challenge for them to figure out how are they going to, are you going to work together based on what we have, what we know 
have experienced in, in our perspective around it is. Well, clearly your perspective sure. around work is, has some, uh, was a hot spot, which is fair. That's what's real for you. I'm all right with it. I'm not judging it. Well, and I, I was also speaking for a lot of other people who hear Probably that. for me as well. So thank you. It, it, it is it is a hot spot for a variety of reasons. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for being with us today. We appreciate your, your uh, attendance, your listening, and your comments, Stephen. Thank you. We appreciate that. Um, if you happen to be listening to this or watching this later, please feel free to share your thoughts and ideas in the comments. If you're watching the podcast, we know there's no place to comment. So we invite you to join us in our Sculpt Your Business, From Chaos and Confusion to Confidence and Control, Facebook group, where you can share your thoughts and ideas there and benefit from the thoughts and ideas shared by others. So we look forward to seeing you inside of that group. If not, remember, we're off on Wednesdays. We will see you Thursday morning. No, we're doing other things. We're not off. I, I'm at a meeting at 5 a.m. tomorrow morning and another meeting at 7 a.m. you you got to help me here. Man, you're awful sensitive. <laughs> Some of us are working hard. You make it sound like we're going to sleep till noon. All I was saying was that we are not on today's antidote tomorrow. No, you said we're off tomorrow. Oh, we are, we, we are off. The show is not on tomorrow. That's different. Off. <laughs> Uh, here's here's how people get into arguments correct is that correct. you your perspective is when i say off is that you're off just goofing off doing nothing mine was that off just means we're not doing the show so what was real for us was different and trying to understand that is where so many of the challenges lie is that what's real for each of us is unique and so sometimes there can be miscommunications misunderstandings around what one person shares because that's not in alignment with what's real for someone else and when we believe we are right then we are going to stand up for that and unfortunately that can lead to getting stuck and not being able to come to solutions that are going to help us learn so all right we will the broadcast uh, will Kurt, not be broadcast Kurt, tomorrow Kurt's Kurt's with us, and good morning, Kurt. Kurt uh, says, perfect example happens every single day, especially via text and email. Yes, because we don't, we don't always know the knowledge, experience, and perspective of the person we are communicating with. Even though Bob and I have been on the show 941 times, we still sometimes are not in sync with what's real for each of us. So... We will not be broadcasting tomorrow. We will be very busy doing other things. <laughs> now it sounds like you're just <laughs> making it up. <laughs> no, I, I have plenty to do tomorrow. I, have to do I was going to say, I, I'm, I'm running from about 5 a.m. straight to about 3 p.m. tomorrow. Okay. And um, so we will see you Thursday morning, 7 a.m.-ish Eastern time for our next episode of Today's Antidote. In the meantime, whether you're busy working, playing, it doesn't matter. Family, friends, by yourself, it doesn't matter. Embrace the rest. It sounded like it mattered. <laughs> Just be doing something, even if it's nothing. <laughs> Is doing nothing something? For me, it's something. I okay. struggle to do nothing. Okay. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for being with us. Go out and enjoy your day. We 
We'll see you soon.